How we doing? Good, good, good. Could be better? No? Always can be better. You know, Carrie and I was we were we were discussing some things. The verse in Sunday school class was uh, Acts one eight. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses. And uh, you know, in Jerusalem starts at home, in Judea, Samaria, and onto the uttermost parts of the earth. I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I guess we were discussing a little bit about. Uh, uh, Staying positive, staying, staying up, um, focusing on, uh, I guess, seeing the, the, the glass half full instead of half empty. Um, you can always find negative things in everything. But I want to be one of those persons, and we call this an adder, not a subtractor. You know, people who are in the world that are takers are people that are givers. I want to be in the giving bracket. And I want to be able to c- contribute. To make make other people lives easier or encourage them, and so I've had opportunities this week to even on the job, and just to be to be an encourager to you know to somehow just you know just rubbing shoulders with neighbors, rubbing shoulders in the workplace. Uh, we we carry the presence, amen. You carry the presence. You carry the you carry the Lord Himself in you through the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's a wonderful, wonderful way to live. It's a triumphant way. It's a, it's a victorious way. It's, it's in fact, uh, it's heaven begins now. Did you realize that we're, we're going to go to heaven? <laughs> and someday we're, we won't have these uh, aches and pains and whatever setbacks and disappointments and hurts and all, all the list of it. But right now, you know what? We have, we, we are beyond blessed we are beyond blessed because the lord is your rich you're rich in him and i i don't mean to belittle any of your pains or i know i know we 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 go through stuff it's not easy the good news the lord understands it all and he exactly knows where you're at today and he knows that someday it will be different forever and forever and you'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Well, a little bit on Pentecost. I'm not necessarily preaching a Pentecostal message, but I believe in Pentecost. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. In fact, John the Baptist deluded to the one who's coming after me who is going to baptize you in what? Fire. Fire. Fire represents the Holy Spirit. Fire is where the power, the power of of the Holy Spirit. And so on the, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, they were waiting and they were commanded to wait. In fact, they, there's no way they could do ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. They were on fire. And they went out preaching and signs and wonders followed the proclamation. We need more signs and wonders. Manifestation. What are, what, why do we need them? Well, Mostly because uh, we, well, we are encouraged, but more than that, it's the unbeliever. It's the ones that are skeptical. Yeah, I'm not sure about this whole thing. But when something supernatural happens before their eyes, it gets them a thinking. 
So pray for signs and wonders. Believe God for miracles. Why not? We have a miracle-working God. A miracle-working God. The one who parted the, the Red Sea. We read it all in Scripture. What, what is happening today? People are getting healed. People are getting raised from the dead all, you know, throughout, throughout their various times. God is at work. Did Jesus mean what he said when he said, I will build my church? I think he did. He is building his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so we have his word. We started a little series in John's gospel. We started in chapter 1, and it says, in the beginning, verse 1, right away, in the beginning. Well, what's the beginning? The beginning of time as we know it. But God has always been. Hard for me to wrap my mind around that. How can someone who's hmm, it's always been it's the Alpha and the Omega, it's the beginning, the end. He's, he knows all things. He he knows every heart here today, all at the same time, and cares about you individually. All around our world, is that our God? In fact, they tell us there are Milky Ways and other universes. Wait, wait, wait. All these billions and billions of things, the stars, and all this stuff. And the Bible says he names all the stars by name. Is that, is that a God that we can trust? Yes. And still, as big as he is, he cares about how you feel today. He cares about your concern. And he's called us to cast all our cares upon him. In fact, we read about in verse uh, 3 in John's Gospel, chapter 1. I'm just reviewing a bit. All things came into being by him, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. How did this happen? God spoke it into existence. How powerful is God's word to you and I? That we actually can take his word and speak life into our situation, speak hope into a dying situation, speak life because of the word of God that is active, living and active. Let me encourage you. When you memorize a verse, you can take it with you to the workplace. When you memorize a verse, you can be going about your duty and come to begin to quote it. Maybe you're singing a chorus that we sing here or something that triggers a principle or a thought. It will help you to stay on track. In the Old Testament, they were to actually um, make little, they would put verses, the priests especially would put verses and so forth on their garments, and they would put, 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 I think there's some tassels and things that they did, bells and different things that represented uh, things before the Lord, to remind them. In fact, when he said, when you sit down with your kids, this is Old Testament, talk about the things of the miracles of God. Help them remember that they were, were, were slaves. Help them to remember the miracles. Well, tell me about the good old days. Listen, we've had some good old days, right, Horton? We've had some good old days. What about today? What's going to happen today? What's happening right now? 
What can we expect? Listen, camp is on the horizon. We have opportunity to support uh, missionary uh, beliefs. We have opportunity to support uh, things that are happening in, in our community. God is at work. God is reaching people. And so as we get to chapter 1, and there's a lot of stuff. In fact, some of our foundational uh, values and beliefs that we have in gospel, John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Who's the Word? The Word is Jesus. In fact, the Word is a living Word. His name is the Word, as well as Jesus. And came, came flesh. What does that mean? He came down to us so that we could understand what it means to have a relationship with God the Father. What it means to walk in victory. What it means to walk with the God of heaven on earth. Are you walking with him today? I trust you are. We go on. John uh, begins to... Uh, bring out John the Baptist, the baptizer, the one who was a moment or two uh, mistaken perhaps as, are you the Messiah? The Jews were looking for the Messiah, the Christ. He said, no, I'm not the guy, but there's one who's coming. So he's a forerunner. We know him as 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 a witness. And he recognizes Jesus coming. And he didn't know who he was when he said the Spirit of the Lord. In verse 31, I did not recognize him, but in order that he might be manifest to Israel, I came baptizing in water. And John bore witness, saying, I have beheld the Spirit descending as a dove. And the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and, and descended upon our Lord and remained upon him. And I did not recognize, but he who sent me to baptize and water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So we alluded to Pentecost. We, we believe in God wants his church to be full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? We must tarry. We must seek him. We must ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he wants to give it to us. The Holy Spirit is really the third person of the Trinity. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He's a person. He's a person. He has a personality. He's, he's, he's like the, the, the feet of our Lord. He's, he's, he's been given to the church for the believer while we live out our life on this earth. In fact, it was Jesus who said, it was better for me to leave that the Holy Spirit comes. Now the Holy Spirit, God, is everywhere at the same time. And so there we get to chapter 1. Not to say, I didn't say too much about the, the disciples, but I noticed this as I read through this chapter, that the disciples, uh, John doesn't necessarily go into Jesus picking them, but one disciple would tell his brother. One disciple would go tell someone else, I think I found the Lord. I think I found the one. And now Jesus comes and he speaks something to the disciple we know as Nathaniel. And Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree 
at verse 20, at verse, verse uh, 50. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. See, what John does in his gospel is he emphasizes the word believe. Do you believe? John's gospel, how many know 316 by heart? Right? And whosoever believeth, right? Whosoever believeth. And so all, a lot of the, of, the, of the theme that is throughout the book of John is belief. And we'll get, we're not going to get there today, but chapter 3, Nicodemus story. He couldn't understand how, what do you mean be born again? And so a lot of people are trying to sort out, who is this God you're talking, who is this Jesus We have a world and a culture right now that are, that are waffling in our values, and there's a lot of other stuff that's creeping in. Try to get us sidetracked that there are other ways to heaven, which there are not, according to the Scripture. Only one way, through Jesus Christ. And whosoever believeth on him. And so by now, chapter 2, we know this chapter as the first miracle that we know of that is recorded in Scripture that Jesus does. And I'm going to just draw a portion from this and, and go from there. And so I'll read verse 1 through uh, down through verse 5 at least. And on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited and his disciples to the wedding. And when the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what do I have to do with you? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the, to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. His mother is basically saying, Jesus, you can do something about this. Why don't you? And Jesus is saying, it's not my time yet. But somehow, Jesus must have begun to believe, well, maybe this is, let's go forward, let's go forward. But what I'm liking about verse 5, especially, is this phrase, whatever he says to you, do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to title, I want to title, what is he saying to you? What is Jesus talking to you about lately? What are you hearing Jesus say to you? And so we're going from water to wine. We're going from ordinary water to something special, supernatural. And that's how our God works. He takes ordinary people, ordinary situations, and turns them into extraordinary events. Well, you thought you were just going to the supermarket to pur purchase a few things. All of a sudden, you bumped into somebody. All of a sudden, you're talking with somebody. All of a sudden, you're talking about things of the Lord, and you realize this is a God thing. This is a God moment. God turns ordinary days into extraordinary days when we walk with him when the Holy Spirit is leading. How many have had at least a couple of them in your lifetime? Yeah. How many want more of those days? Well, you look back at the end of the day, you, could, you, you couldn't have orchestrated it at all. You, you just 
knew God was doing something special. It was, it was a God, we call it a God thing. I believe there can be more and more God things. God appointed times that God, and it was the third day. Well, what do you mean it was the third day? Well, is this the third day of his ministry? Or is this the third day? What, what did we talk about? It was the third day. I believe it's referring to Jesus' public ministry starts in a wedding. At a wedding. And I notice they were invited. Jesus was invited. We don't just go to weddings unless we're invited, right? It's nice to be invited. Invite people to a, your home or invite people for something special. Invite them. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But the, mo- the mother, mother of Jesus was concerned. Now she sees something's happening. Now, I like verse 6, too, because there are six stone water pots. And if you can envision these water pots, they're about 30 gallons. And they're, you know, they're, they're about like, and I don't know if you guys saw those water pots in, in it. Did you? You kind of know uh, what I'm talking about. And I, I'm just trying to envision in my mind, or maybe that big or so. And, uh, you know, just what they used those for was to, to wash, the purification. There was, there was uh, you know, things that they were required to do. So they were just sitting. And verse 6 is now there were six water pots set there for the Jews, custom of purifications containing 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. Now, Jesus, being he was God, could have just said to the, just bring those water pots, and boom, they could have been filled with wine, right? But Jesus chose to use people. Jesus chooses you and I to be involved in the process of the miracle. Jesus wants you and I to partake together with him. Jesus and you, Jesus wants you to step out by faith. Right? What about the little boy who was the only smart one in the bunch who brought the lunch, you remember? And, and Jesus said, what do you have among you? Jesus could have just spoken there would have been food, but he chose to use someone's ordinary little lunch. There's a clue here. I think this is a clue to our faith. What do you have in your hand? What do you already have that you can use? What do you already have that you can do? And God does the rest. I really believe as it was even a a great miracle that was when Lazarus was raised from the dead. You remember that story? He was all wrapped, and he came, he came kind of like walking. And imagine just on, on the mummy clothes. And Jesus says to the people, unwrap him. He wants you to be involved in the process. He wants you to be a part. He wants to use your faith. He wants to demonstrate himself that he is the source. He is the provider. He is the one who is enabling you. 
He is the one that is absolutely the healer. We can pray and lay our hands on the sick, and whatever happens, if there's a healing, then glory be to God. We are trusting it was Jesus. It's always Jesus. And I love the verse. Whatever he says to you, do it. If he says to you, call so-and-so. If he says to you, pray for so-and-so. If he says to you, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that he's God. What is he saying to you? What is he calling you to? He told the disciples, he not only told them, at the end of his ministry, he commanded them to go and to make disciples into all the world. Jesus was speaking to the, to the disciples. He was speaking to the proud, to people that were around him. At one point, he says, come to me, all who are wearing, weary and heavy laden. Maybe there are moments in your week where you just need to take a breather. You just need to wait upon the Lord. You just need to call upon him. He says, I have a yoke. That This yoke is with me. This yoke involves a relationship that it's not a bunch of lists of do's and don'ts, but it is because of our God in whom we serve. Then we want to do things out of a heart for God. Isn't he good? He doesn't want you to go around, oh, I have to do. I have to go to church. I have to give the missions. Oh, now I got to go help this person. <sighs> wow. He wants us to live. What a blessing I get to do this. What a blessing I get to be a part. What a blessing I get to be led by his nail-scarred hand. What a blessing. He says, I am gentle. This verse that I quoted, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-30, come to me all who are weary. Yeah, I am gentle, humble in heart. And you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my load is light. I've said this many times. I think many times as Christians we carry more than we're supposed to carry. We carry on, we take burdens, we take, we begin to become uh, so heavy laden. Other people's, we're concerned about other people's and, and there, there's, a, there's a gotta be a balance somewhere. And I know that we don't want to be insensitive. We don't want to be numb. We don't want to have incompassion uh, in heart. We want to have compassion. And if you're gifted with compassion, some, some people are really gifted with compassion. It's easy for those kinds of people to begin to take on a lot more than they ought to. And mom was one of those. Just burden. But God used her because he prayed about it. Jesus said something to the effect that every day has enough trouble of its own. He was trying to free us up, take one day at a time. In the Old Testament, they, put, they were only to take a, a daily portion of the manna that was provided for them. There's symbolic, this symbolic of today. As much as we want to try to figure out where we're going and when it's okay, try to plan and do this and that. But God has always 
to be included. Or he may take you a different route. Or you may wonder why, Lord. And so we come to this. What is Jesus saying to you? Which, if we look at it this way, what would Jesus do if he were here now? What would Jesus do in your situation? We learn from Scripture that he walked on the earth. He, he reached out to people that were the outcasts. He, he, he healed the lepers. He, he healed the blinded eyes. He, he forgave the sinners. He, he, he healed those who were crippled. And then we have this remarkable passage, and I, I didn't take time to look it up, but remember when this, the pool of Siloam would stir and the angel of God would come. Whoever got in there first was healed. How, how, how interesting. And Jesus came by, and the one... I don't have anybody to help me. I can't get there. Everybody. He reminds me of my dog, Toby. And my other dog is Oak D, which is Cody spelled backwards, sort of. Miss, you know, Oak D, Cody. The one Cody dog, Oak D, is really old. He's got to be 125 in dog years. And Toby is probably six, seven, eight. I don't know. He's, to me, he's a kid. He's an adolescent. And he's, if you come out with any snack, you have to throw a little bit that way. Toby goes that way. Now you give the dog, the old dog, a little. Otherwise, Toby, he right there to snatch it. And that's a picture I get at the pool of Siloam. The, the one who gets it for I can never get there. Somebody always beats me to it. And Jesus says, basically, what do you want me to do for you? How did Jesus know which one to go to? He was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. He was orchestrated as he spent time with his Father. He knew there was a need. And maybe... I'm just speaking from my own opinion. Maybe he really didn't know for sure who it was until he got there. And God says, that's the one. Hello? You don't know all. <laughs> this is the way this faith thing works. Many times you don't know exactly until you, you actually get into the situation. For example, when the children of Israel... The priests were ordered when they were going to cross into the, uh, in the Canaan land, they had to cross what is called the Jordan River. And at the time they were crossing, the banks were overflowing. The water was at flood stage. And so it was no small stream. And so they're carrying this ark. And God says to Joshua, you have to step in. All right? Okay, here we go. Let's... Water goes back. It required faith. It required action. Go fill the water pots. Through the, uh, the name and name and the leper, go down to the Jordan and dip seven times. Trust me. 
You see, I wonder if God is teaching us, and I, I have to believe he always is teaching us and taking us from one level to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And I'm wondering if, oh, I thought you would just do it this way because you did it that way before. And God doesn't always work the same way he's worked before. Yet he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God is a God of creativity. It's always fresh and alive. And so be on the alert. God may totally be challenging you to try something. Step out of your comfort zone. Step beyond what the norms. Talk to someone you've always kind of been a little bit of, oh, what's the word? Paranoid or nervous or feel less. Um, Boy, there are some people that are good at just talking to anybody. Well, you may be stepping out of your comfort zone to talk to someone you've never met before. But what is Jesus telling you to do? Let me move on from this passage. Jesus moved into a situation that we really see a part of Jesus that we would wonder, wow, Jesus got angry? Yeah. Jesus got mad. See, anger, anger is not the sin. Anger is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. There is what is known, we know as Christians, we know in the Bible says, be angry yet not sin. There are things that upset us, that should upset us. When it comes to hurting or bringing down innocent people or taking advantage of children, there are things that should really bother us and make us angry. And so when Jesus, in verse 12, goes to the temple, verse 14, he saw them, they were selling things in the, in the temple, but there was prompt there seems to be more than just this there was just selfishness or that they were taking advantage of people at the same time. And God of course knew their hearts. And Jesus finds a score, just says it's a whip, and he begins to drive them out with this whip and he upsets the tables. He shows a bit of emotion. How does that make you feel? That God's house is important. That God's standards are important. That God's word is important. That we honor him. And when it comes to the things of the Lord, God is he cares about it. He wants us to respect, I'm sure, respect his house, respect the things of God. But when we walk even in the marketplace, when we walk into the workplace, we are to carry with us a sense that we represent our Lord. 
We represent the God in whom we serve. We represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he wants to help us to be able to bring life where you and I go, to speak life into people, to change things up to becoming okay to be better. To go from ordinary to extraordinary. And he wants to use you and I to filter the word of God into people's life. Begin to drop seeds, as it were. Drop seeds of, of his truth. That Jesus is who he is. Jesus is the one whom you can believe in. Jesus is the one and you can trust. If he says whatever he says to you, he says you do it. You can trust the Lord. If he says to you, be at peace, then you can be at peace. When he says to you, it's time to move out, take a step, then you can take that step. You can trust God. You can be overcomers. Now, Joshua, you remember his story. He was following a man called Moses who basically become elevated in the eyes of the people. And Joshua 1 says, be strong in the Lord. Be courageous. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You see, maybe it's our time. Maybe God is calling you. Maybe you're becoming the person in your family that the mantle of God is shifting to you. Maybe you're becoming the person that the family is recognizing or the, the neighbors are recognizing. There's something different. They carry the presence. That's what it's all about. Carrying the presence of Jesus. And so Jesus goes on uh, through this passage, uh, he speaks about his own temple, his own body. He's alluding to the fact that one day he will die and then he'll be resurrected. And they hadn't, this wasn't clicking yet. In fact, it took a long time all the way to the end. And we'll get there eventually. But even after the resurrection, there were still some disciples honored was he really who he said he was and he was and he came back to them and he's there alive he's in heaven when he ascended back to heaven he said to disciples as you see the son of man going up this angel announced he's going to come back that jesus is coming back much like the way he came or went away from us in the clouds of glory when we celebrate communion, which we're going to do, uh, there's a couple things to reflect on. His church, his body, which he, he gave for the church, his body, his broken body, the blood that was shed for us. He said uh, to his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. Remember that? He said, do this. So what, what is Jesus asking us to do? One of the things we know for certain throughout Scripture are many things that Jesus tells us what to do. One of the things is, remember me. Remember my death. Remember my resurrection. 
and remember that I'm coming back. And so there's emphasis on that when we serve communities.